1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn your notifications on. You get all of our other content, not just on the Heat and the NBA, but on the NFL, Dolphins, Hurricanes, Panthers, Marlins, Messi, and more. Also, I can't believe I'm saying that. Also, check out Five Reasons Sports. Com. Make sure you spell that one out. You get all of our content without a paywall. We are not a newspaper. That is a good thing. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, our friend Dr. Jonathan Chung. He's been with us since almost the beginning. If you've got any kind of back or neck pain, this is the guy to go to. He's based up in Palm Beach County, but because of modern technology, telehealth consultations, he can see you that way as well at an affordable price. You can find him at chiropractickeystone.com. That's chiropractic. Keystone.com. He specializes in chronic pain, dizziness, and post-concussion syndrome. He's got a new sports vision training program, which is used by athletes like Steph Curry. And he offers in-person and telehealth consultations, as I said, at an affordable price. So check him out. You got chronic pain, dizziness, post-concussion syndrome. Dr. Jonathan Chung, chiropractic Keystone. Chiropractic And now, today's episode.
2: Down to this game. Yay.
0: On the floor, ride for my dogs here's the thing? You can check the score Hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs Just like said, you in trouble, y'all Kept the floor playing, got an all-band Y'all seen the block, Stop with one hand Impact with trust, it's about have the guts We here to bring the heat,
2: y'all can hang it up
3: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily
2: insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. And today, our guests, we are actually starting draft coverage. We never know every year whether to do this or not because it tends to be a total waste of time. Most of the time, because we know how the Miami Heat have typically handled a lot of their draft picks, although in recent years, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and Nikola Jovich, uh, have come to the Miami Heat, so we'll see if they use their pick at 18 in the draft, and of course there were a lot of Heat fans who wanted the Heat to tank so they could move up four spots, it seems like that worked out better than the fact that they did not, and actually got all the way to the NBA Finals, but today we are joined by Adam Spinella, you know him from the Box in One. You also know him when he's co-hosting with Sam Bassini, and uh, he joins us here today. He's on the Game Theory podcast. Um, Adam, we appreciate you joining
2: us. And thank you so much for having me, guys.
1: All right, we're going to go through this, and and, uh, this is total disclosure, and I said this to Adam when we came on, and I actually feel (laughs) that Eric Spolscher and I are aligned in this. I haven't watched a lot of the players we're going to talk about. Um, Spill always talks about that. Like he literally, you ask him about the draft, like when they're going through a playoff run and he looks at you, like he gets six heads. Uh, so, you know, the heat or deep dive, have been deep diving on these guys, obviously, uh, Adam Simon, Keith Askins, uh, Chet camera, others in the heat organization. You see them all around the world I actually ran into Keith, uh, at, uh, at, a, at a, finals game. And, uh, he's back in town for a little while, but again, the heat, they send people everywhere and they look at everything But they don't always make their pick. Uh, But this year, and Greg, before we go on with Adam here, and we're going to go through this sort of generally and get more specific, there are reasons to keep the pick this time if you just look at the financial reality of the Heat. And there's also something we talked about on the podcast last night, that there may be a reason to try to get a second-round pick or maybe get out of the first round because of the new CBA and the way that these contracts are slotted.
0: Yeah, so essentially what's what's taking place, and I'll be brief here so that we don't bore the listeners too much with CBA talk, is that they've placed a premium on building your team via the draft and using those um, cost-controlled rookie-scale deals to kind of slot in players. They want to move away from the idea of getting four super max players on the same team and, and spending out of control. So it's going to basically, by virtue of the way that they've um, – in uh, de-incentivized, I don't even know what the word is, uh, teams from spending that much, you're going to look to want to build through the draft. So the Heat, in recent years where they may have just sold off a pick, I'm of the mindset that maybe going forward, it's going to make a lot more sense to hold on to some of these picks and develop these guys because then you have a better chance of keeping them long-term. So I do think that the draft will become a bigger piece of team building in general, not that it's ever not been the primary way to go, but I think even teams like Miami that you think of as a trade and free agent type team are going to have to lean into the draft more than ever.
1: And again, and second round picks, the other part of this, which we won't dive into a ton of those guys, but so we know the heat, typically wait for guys to slip out of the second round. Uh, and then they end up on the roster somehow. And all the agents, as we've talked about, they're all calling everybody with the heat and saying, get my guy to you because we know that you're going to develop my guy. And then in a few years, he'll be Gabe Vincent or Max Shrews, uh, looking at, you know, eight, you know, eight figures per year uh, at some stage. But second round picks are – they're slotted, but don't count against – yeah. Tax, so, correct. So, th- so that you matters. You have to
0: use exception money for your second round picks. Now you you basically have a rookie scale contract for those second round guys. So it's all you also don't have to like carve out part of your exception to sign a second round pick. You can actually do it independent of that. So that's another incentive to try to get into the second round if you like a player um and, and get them
1: locked up long term. All right. So we might touch on some of those guys or the guys who might slip out of the second round to undrafted. But let's go to Adam here. Uh, And the most general question that we'll start with, uh, is this a good draft for a team that's drafting in the late teens?
2: Yeah, I think it's an important question to know. And it it really is hard to project before draft night sometimes because there are always unpredicted slides or rises that happened on the night of, but I I like to think of the draft in terms of talent ledges, right? That there's an area or a tier here. And then once you get past that tier, things tend to fall off a little bit this year. I think there's a real comfortable tier in the top 11, maybe 12, the earlier parts of that lottery. You could extend that all the way through the top 14 if you really wanted, but the rest of the first round is really wide open. There are a lot of high variance players, whether it's younger guys who didn't necessarily put together the most impressive one and done campaign and still have some question marks or older guys who still don't have one box that they've necessarily checked that would lead them to be more of a lottery pick. So there is a lot of depth to be found. It's just hard to differentiate between who's going to go 15th and who's going to go 30th.
1: All right. And I'm going to bring Greg into on more of this in a second. But just for, for the listeners here, just so you kind of understand who went in this grouping last year. OK, because it is instructive. Uh, so last year, let's go from 16 through 22. Uh, you'll hear an interesting name here at 22 and 21, actually. Uh, so last year, A.J. Griffin Terry Eason, Dale and Terry was 18 uh, to the Bulls from out of Arizona. Uh, Jake LaRavia, uh, Malik, uh, I can never pronounce it, Ma- Malachi Branham, Christian Braun, 21st. We just saw, he. well, we saw him yesterday pouring tequila shots into people's mouths at the parade. Uh, so that seemed to work out okay. Uh, and Walker Kessler went 22nd last year and ended up on an all-rookie team. So, again, you can find players, but every draft um, is a little bit different. Greg, go.
0: I'm gonna go. I'm cutting straight to the chase. We have names that I want to talk to you about specifically, but from your perspective, without me uh, greasing the wheel with a name and putting it in your head, who are your favorite players that you're looking at for Miami at the 18th spot? I I want to also tell the listeners uh, about Adam Substack at Boxing One. It's super. Um, great informative content i love it for the draft i am a subscriber uh all the youtube scouting videos are awesome so i'm trying to give you as many plugs as possible because they've been invaluable as we try to catch up on the draft so as you've done way more homework than heat fans and me and ethan who are the guys like around 18 that you think are really good fits and players that you would expect may be there for miami at 18.
2: Well, first of all, Greg, thank you for the kind words and, and the shout out there. Um, as as we're looking at Miami in particular, I think this is a team that can draft a little bit more for fit and always seems to draft a little bit more for fit. Obviously, making the NBA finals this year means that they have a lot of aspirations of getting back there next year and believe that, you know, there could be some roster changes or overhaul that takes place. But at least knowing with the crew that they have in place, they are capable of getting there means now you can look a little bit more towards bringing in players that help you sustain that window a little bit longer, but fit in Miami is different than fit in any other type of organization. It's not just about what do we need in terms of positions or on court skills. Fit is always about the mental makeup and DNA that the Miami heat and Pat Riley always value. So I always look for the most competitive guys, those who have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, maybe a non-traditional path to getting to becoming a literal first round draft prospect. And the guy who checks all of those boxes while also being a really smart on-court fit is Olivier Maxens Prosper, the wing who went to Marquette, uh, not the sexiest offensive player, so to speak, like a, a up and down shooter throughout his career has made a few mechanical tweaks to the point where his catch and shoot game seems more sustainable right now, but six, seven, six, eight with over a seven foot wingspan, adds some real length to this Miami heat roster, which as we know is a little bit undersized at times. And he has real positional versatility. He can guard at the point of attack a million different types of players. He can switch on ball screens and really chase guys over the top he was great against power scoring wings in isolation this year. And he did a fantastic job chasing screen shooters around different screens. So I think the, the mental makeup for Prosper has really shown through over the last couple months. Big riser through the NBA draft combine because he bet on himself to play. You always want guys who are competitive and are willing to go through that process and not hold themselves out. He has also conducted and been part of – more pre-draft workouts than anybody that I've really gotten intel on or been able to track a guy who just wants to bet on himself and keep playing and keep finding ways to prove himself like that to me through and through is a Miami heat guy, all academic
1: team. Also, you mentioned makeup, um, something that they value. I, well, and also we know that there are two schools that Pat likes to bring in players from, and one is Kentucky and one is Marquette and one he swore he would never do again is Duke. Uh, so, so, uh, he, he fits one of those classifications
2: and, and one thing that I'll add on to that, a little bit of a heat connection, Nevada Smith, the former G league coach here for the Miami heat is currently an assistant at Marquette. So there's going to be a lot of overlap and ability for the front offices to be able to coordinate those conversations.
1: Yeah. And again, for those, uh, I mean, everyone's familiar, obviously, Jim, Jimmy, Dwayne, Jay Crowder, uh, there's quite a lineage there. And like we say, it's Marquette in Kentucky and the times he hasn't drafted from Kentucky, he's regretted it or where Heat fans have regretted it because uh, <laughs> Booker and Maxie might be in Miami right now. Um, Adam, g- give, give me another fit because you mentioned again, uh, you, know, a, you know, a wing who can defend multiple positions. I, I've made the case, I know you talk about fit and I want to, I want to make it clear. I don't think with the Heat, it's about position fit I, and i'm glad you said that because the other thing is we don't know how this roster is going to turn over like you said yeah they know they can get to the finals with jimmy and bam but beyond that we don't know who else is going to be there right now we don't know if gabe's going to be back we don't know if max is going to be back we don't know if bradley beal is going to be there we don't know if someone else is going to be there um and so so that's why i sort of have made the case that more i always believe in best player available uh that fits your organization. But in this case, even more so because the draft comes before free agency before a lot of these trades are going to happen. And so you don't want to draft a player for need position wise, and then your needs change. And we've mentioned to uh, you know, they them drafting Darrell Wright instead of Jameer Nelson wait, and then getting Shaq and, and sort of the timeline changed. And, and so it's just better to take the best player available. And the one time they took the best player available uh, that it worked was they took Dwayne Wade when they had Eddie Jones at the same position and, Wayne's being inducted, uh, in Springfield this year. So that worked out. Um, give me, uh, but, but to that end, okay. He fans are always going to talk about bigs, right? Because I mean, they have bam, but they don't, I mean, we don't know if they have a young big in the system. I mean, Orlando Robinson, they're developing. Jovic may end up being a four for them. If he's not traded, we'll see. Oh, are there bigs though, that you would like for Miami?
2: Not necessarily in that 18 range, uh, and this is where this draft class is a little bit lighter on particularly bigger bodies who can sustainably play the five. Derek Lively oh, no. out of yeah Derek Lively out of Duke is one guy who I think was potentially around this middle part of the first round range a couple months ago. But it very much seems like this pre-draft process, all the intel is pointing to him going closer to the lottery, if not inside the top 10. There's just a real gap between what he provides and what anybody else who can really play the five would, would be able to in the middle part of the first round here. But there are some options to potentially be that small ball five, so to speak, uh, somebody who you know can play the four in different lineups throughout the game and then when offensive teams go smaller and put more skill at the end of games, you can slide them to the five if you need. I look at Leonard Miller from the G League Ignite as being somebody who could be able to check those boxes. I also look at Kobe Brown, out of Missouri, one guy who's a little bit smaller in that regard, six foot seven, but really strong frame and strong body. Uh, and I do think that he has a lot of offensive versatility to to fit what Miami really looks for. I, when I think of fit in Miami on court, it's not necessarily one particular skill set. It's just a bunch of dudes who, when they're on the perimeter, make the right decision as soon as they catch the basketball. Are they going to shoot it? Are they going to swing it? Or are they going to repenetrate and make a really good play off the bounce? To me, like that is who Kobe Brown is.
0: Um, You, you mentioned, uh, prosper Omax, oh, as i've i've learned that he's called where do you see him sliding in positionally and i know positions are so vague but like what position will he defend is it like a situation where he can defend fours and fives is that even possible when you talk about sizing down late in a game is he that type of guy that could do some of that or is he when you say wing should we be thinking no 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 he's just a wing not able to necessarily guard up in that sense
2: um in a big way I think of Prosper as being a guy who guards one through four and can switch in a lot of those different actions, which is incredibly versatile and valuable. I don't know if I'd put him at that small ball five spot. He's a little bit thinner in some regards, but I also, you know, if you're looking at where Miami is, Bam Adebayo is pretty firmly entrenched into a lot of those positions. So I don't know if, if that's going to be a reason to knock Prosper here.
1: All right. We're going to go through some more players here after the break. I know Greg's got a bunch to get to. And then, we'll get to the players that probably will end up starting for the heat in the finals, the undrafted free agents. Uh, (laughs) Before before we get to that, we do want to mention another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And that is water cleanup of Florida. Okay. We know in South Florida, uh, obviously hurricane season always around the corner. So you could get flooding then, but it can happen anytime you can get leaks in your house, mold, any of that great stuff that we love to talk about here, reach out to Michael Robert and his team to get you cleaned up. You can find them at WCU fl.com wcu fl.com Water cleanup of Florida. You can also find more than 70-plus five-star reviews on Google and in various other places because they do honest work. If they can't do the job, they will tell you. But, again, most of these jobs they can take care of. They're based in Boca Raton, but they service uh, the entire area where they were helping out during the hurricane and all that, all the way out in Fort Myers. Reach out to Michael and his team, 954-579-0356. That's 954-579. It's 579-0356 and ask them about their preventative maintenance program because we know insurance companies don't always take care of you after the fact. So get on their list and get their your primary maintenance taken care of, okay, so that when you do – when something does happen at, or you prevent it from happening, but if something does happen at least, uh, you know you did everything that you possibly could. Fully licensed, insured, and certified building contractor, reach out to him. Water cleanup of Florida, Michael, Robert, and the team, 954-579-0356. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products, and that's why... I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks. And I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard. So better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German engineered blades made in their own factory. So they stay sharp longer. Means you can use them Longer, And also they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as two bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, Don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. Harry's.com backslash five for your $3 trial set.
3: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: All right, so speaking of guts here, I, before we get to some of these players, just curious, Adam, um, what did you think of Nikola Jovich before last year's draft? And did you think that uh, Miami was a serious possibility for him?
2: You know, it's funny, I was a little bit surprised about the fit with Miami when they drafted him. Uh, And for much of that, it has to do with the defensive versatility. I had some real questions about his lateral quickness and movement on the perimeter, just didn't really know how he was going to be able to to slide his feet at the NBA level. Tremendously skilled offensive player. I think he fits all of those things we mentioned earlier on offense of you want guys who make the right decision when they catch the ball on the perimeter to shoot it, to drive it, or to just swing the ball around. So a really good offensive fit, but if they felt comfortable about the defense and continuing to develop him into a better athlete, then I, I think that it would end up being a really good value pick at the end of the first round. All, all the
1: right, Greg, right, up- go, go ahead to uh, I was going
0: to say he's all the way up to 240 pounds. And I know when they drafted him, he looked like a skinny kid. And yeah. so I just, I hope that that progression continues uh, with Yovich. A couple names, and it's been really hard to track down who the heck the Heat have um, worked out, admittedly so. But a couple names that I do know that they've uh, worked out Nick Smith Jr. and Ben Shepard, two guards, um, different paths. Yeah. One obviously was, I think, I saw mock drafts that had Nick Smith in the top three at one point uh, before he played his first season in Arkansas and Ben Shepard um, is, is a different kind of prospect, but both guards talk a little bit about those guys. Cause I think because we know that he'd have worked them out, I'm going to lean in that direction just to get some Intel on those players
2: specifically. Sure. So Nick Smith highly touted coming out of high school, five-star recruit thought to be a one and done prospect and potentially a top 10 guy. Suffered some injuries at the earlier part of this season, and he was stop-start in and out of the lineup. Never really athletically looked like himself, but still was able to show a lot of things that scouts looked for and really bought into about him before he got to Arkansas. Really quick movement patterns, herky-jerky with the ball in his hands, but versatile in terms of what he provides offensively. Can play on ball and create his own in isolation. Really good floater and pull-up game in the mid-range, not necessarily a, a high volume rim pressure guy, tends to be more of a jump shooter than anything else. But the fact that he can create his own shot and is comfortable doing so means that there's some on-ball usage that he could tap into in the NBA. But he's also a very good spot up shooter and somebody who can come off movement screens and find success. So I think the the versatility on offense is big for him. Six five with about a six-eight wingspan. That's pretty long for a guard. Uh, He is a mess right now defensively as a younger player. I think a lot of that tends to come from not necessarily his – raw physical tools but the fact that he missed a lot of training camp was in and out of the lineup trying to play in the sec as a freshman when he can't necessarily do all the things he wants to physically uh, I, I am a believer that eventually he can turn into a solid point of attack defender but he is very very skinny gonna have to hit that jovich uh, training program and add some weight if he's gonna be able to hold up physically in the league the, the other guy you mentioned ben Shepard. One of my personal favorites, somebody I've been really high on since the early part of this draft process. Six five-ish, maybe six, six long arms. Grew up as a point guard and then hit a little bit of a growth spurt once he got to college. I always believe that those guys turn into really useful wings or off-ball players in the NBA because they have the ability to understand how to just make the right basketball play. And there's no better compliment that I as a coach can give to a player than saying, you just make the right play every single time on the floor. Shepard can shoot it. He's a really smart passer and cerebral guy who not a great athlete, but maximizes his athletic tools because of his basketball IQ and the threat of his shot competitive defender with really long arms, difficult to screen at the point of attack a little bit of switchability, maybe one through three in his future. Uh, I am a really big fan of Ben Shepard, just for a mistake-free, really good role player that he can become.
0: And right, one so let more, me
2: ask, oh, go ahead, Greg, and then we'll get. I to just had one
0: thing. more name for you. Um, Chris Murray is a player that a lot of people immediately pegged for Miami for positional needs. And the more that I've done homework, I've found out that this whole competitive I, – and I don't want to say he's not competitive, but the whole part about Miami, the fit needing to be about p- approach and disposition. I've heard that there's kind of been maybe that Chris Murray is not necessarily the perfect fit in that regard. And is, do you Have you heard anything similar to that? Would you peg him as a player that – um, from a mental perspective is not necessarily the, the type of player Miami would target or do you think he's the right fit just skill wise for a team like the Heat?
2: So I do believe he is the right fit skill wise for Miami. I will start saying that a really consistent spot up shooter who the last two years in college was over 40% on his unguarded catch and shoot threes. When he has space and time He's a really, really good shooter, Uh long armed lefty, really smooth game on the interior, but another one of those mistake-free types of players. He doesn't have great elite athleticism or burst off the bounce. He's much more of a controlled driver. He doesn't get from the three-point line to the rim in, you know, one or two bounces and then make this play when he's airborne. Like he's more of a controlled three, four bounce, use my shoulders and my frame to try to bully you to my spots type of guy. I really like Murray. I think he's one of the unsung heroes in this class because his game isn't very sexy and because, you know, he's a lot more quiet disposition as a guy. And I think that's where some of the potential that people are talking about with, is this a good fit personality wise for Miami comes from like, he's very quiet. He shows very little emotion, kind of goes about his business. I don't have any personal intel on this but I do think sometimes that a mistake can be made of confusing people who are quiet and cerebral and don't show a lot of emotion with not being hyper-competitive.
1: The, the comparison I heard with him, and I, I don't know if, it, it, more, more so than to his twin, uh, obviously, who uh, you know was, has already made somewhat of an impact in the league, uh, is Cam
2: Johnson. Is that is that fair a little bit? I think Cam is probably a little bit better of a movement shooter. He's more fluid hips in a lot of different ways, and and there's more versatility to the way that he knocks down those threes. I think Chris is much more of a has-to-be-spotted-up-on-the-perimeter, not running him off of screens, not necessarily a pick-and-pop type of guy. Um, But again, I, I think there's real value in having a guy who can defend threes and fours on the defensive end, knock down a bunch of shots, and just play a mistake-free brand of basketball when he does have to do something with the ball in his hands. All right. Uh,
1: We're going to go through. I've got one more question here, uh, and we appreciate your time, Adam, and then I'm going to let Greg close it. We do want to mention one more sponsor here. It's PrizePix. Use the code 5 get your initial deposit matched up to $100. Everybody's like, well, what are we playing now? The NBA's over with. Well, there's MLB. There's golf, there's boxing, there's MMA, there's esports. It's all on there, uh, and you can play it at, at any time. There's also all the NFL props. Okay, so get in on that Tyreek Hill thing before they raise it because it's ridiculously low right now. So go to Prize Picks, use the code FIVE, get that initial deposit matched up to $100. I'm talking about Tyreek going over 2,000 yards, I think it's there at 1300 He's clearing that in week 11. Okay, so go to Prize Picks, use the code FIVE, get that initial deposit matched up to $100. You can play MLS there as well. And again, uh, Price Weeks just rated one of the fastest growing sports products in the country. Make sure you're using our code. All right, so he- here's the question, because again, this this cycling back to the beginning of this, if we talk about some of these specific players, in your view, is there that much of a difference between who the Heat might be able to take at 18, as opposed to just getting out of the first round entirely and maybe trying to buy a second round pick somewhere between, say, 31 and 40? Is it that much of a drop-off?
2: Yeah, I always think that drafting is about informed bets, right? Like nobody knows exactly who's going to turn into an NBA caliber rotation player or star. This is all about looking at the data and the information that we have and trying to make a decision on who's most likely to get there. The earlier of a draft pick you have, I think the more control you have over trying to find those guys. The value Miami has extracted out of the second round in the undrafted pool is about Finding marginal inefficiencies, right? Like guys who are continued to be cast off and not seen as those types of players. I still think there's value in having that first round pick because you get to take that higher upside swing, so to speak, find a guy who has that ceiling to really tap into of being a Jimmy Butler, a Bam Adebayo, a Tyler Hero someday. It's just so hard to find those type of alphas, when you wait into the second round and and then all the way into the undrafted pool. So those are great ways that Miami has continued to find value in getting the right role players for this roster. But long-term, you need to have a first-round pick every now and then to see if you could find that guy who's going to be a staple of your organization.
0: And it'll be interesting to see if the Heat keep their pick. I think a lot of people expect them to, but then the Bradley Beal stuff has popped up, and that would yeah. obviously... Um, Could shake things up and and we don't know where it'll go. So just generally speaking, uh, picking your brain about the second round about some of the guys that may go undrafted a few names that I wanted to specifically uh, bring up Jordan Walsh is one of them, Uh, I don't know where he necessarily will get slotted in. Um, And then anyone else that you think is going to be late in the second round that you think has that competitive fire that we've talked about, that, that heat DNA or even guys that are going to be undrafted. Like I know the heat traveled and watched uh, Marcus Sasser a ton this year and scouted him heavily. They haven't worked him out, but like, I I'm interested just those guys that I see mocked later, who are your favorite targets from a heat DNA perspective?
2: Yeah. So first on Jordan Walsh, I th- think he fits a lot of those tools and topics, a really competitive guy, uh, Swiss army knife of a defender, multiple positions, strong and physical, great on ball and off ball. The worry with Walsh and one of the reasons why he's not really mocked in the first round in a lot of places Is a jump shot. He's doesn't have any major mechanical flaws, but he doesn't knock them down at anything close to a a consistent rate. And to me, that's a worrisome sign when you can't see what you need to fix in order to get him better. You kind of lose some hope that he's going to come around as a shooter in some regard and just think that inherent touch isn't there, but as a defender, a competitor, Walsh checks a lot of boxes and I believe is going to end up being drafted somewhere in that top 40. I love that you mentioned Marcus Sasser for the competitive stuff. Again, like another tougher guy when you look at what wins in the modern NBA positional size. The Denver Nuggets just kind of won a title by having nobody in their rotation who's shorter than six foot five. And Sasser, who's six foot, maybe six foot one, really competitive, skilled on the offensive, and one of the best point of attack defenders over the last couple of years that I've evaluated but how valuable is what he brings to the table in terms of being able to contribute to a postseason series. So I understand the fit between organization and player, but I don't know if that helps pry open the title window a little bit longer for Miami. That might be something that has to do with where they view Gabe Vincent's next contract and and kind of free agent status coming up here. I'll throw one other name of a competitive guy who I think fits Miami, just with that non-traditional mold, Omari Moore from San Jose State, a really athletic guy, a little bit longer armed than you'll see for a lot of like combo guards, guys who play the two. He gave some really good players in high major college basketball fits this year with the way that he was able to defend them. I think he's really smart in understanding game to game what type of game plan he has to have in order to shut down his assignment that's one of those little micro skills things that stands out to me of being not just valuable for the NBA, but something a team like the Miami heat would value somebody who comes in and can tailor make what he's going to do on any given day based on who he's guarding. I think the jump shot needs just a little bit more work. We've seen guys continue to progress as they get into the league in that regard, but he could be one of those chip on their shoulder, continue to earn my way up guys who has no problem going to the G league for the first year or so, and then turns into a really reliable rotation player. Here's two, three, four in the league.
1: All right. We really appreciate Adam Spinella's time. I got one more here though for the door. Cause we also, this is a basketball town now. I'm not sure if people are aware of it. So we also happen to cover uh, the team down in, uh, down in Coral Gables too. And they got a couple of prospects here who were contributors to a final four run. Um, I like one more than the other, which I, I I feel like I'm in the minority on this. But Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller, both of whom showed out in Chicago, especially Wong, uh, although I, I thought they both measured a little shorter than than people were expecting. Maybe Miller measured under 6'5". Uh, do you see them as they, they seem to be both projected in the second round? Do, do you see any chance of either slipping out of the second round? Because one of them, I think, would be perfect for the – Heats developmental program.
2: I think there's a strong chance that one or both of them end up going undrafted. And it's not necessarily due to the fact that there are 58 players better than those guys. I just think when you get to the middle parts of the second round, right around picks 45 every year, this is as much about agents trying to control destinations for players as it is about just taking the most talented guys on the board. There's going to be a lot of second round picks that continue to change hands There is not a really strong international pool in this class. So there might not be a ton of draft and stash players that you see in that second round. So I would expect a lot of movement as guys or teams try to flip themselves into that late second round range. And I would also expect that there are a lot of agents who say, you know what, please don't draft my guy. We have a destination in mind. They don't have a second round pick here, but let's try to get him out of this draft and then we can control what team he ends up signing for. I think for particularly a guy like Isaiah Wong who probably needs a little bit more length around him in order to be able to succeed on the defensive end, that's something his agents would be pretty wise to do.
1: What do you think? I like the other guy more, honestly. Um, I I, I just, I I don't know. I just overall intelligence, versatility, the way he showed up uh, in the final, you know, in their, in their run, particularly late in it. uh, Jordan Miller. Do you think, chance he gets out of that second round cuz i i would love to see him uh, on a heat summer league team
2: yeah there's definitely a chance that he's either a second round guy or ends up going undrafted like that 45 to undrafted range is is pretty wide open in this draft as it is in most you know, you talk about scalability. It's a huge term that we we use in the draft community to try to think about what fits so many different situations in the NBA. And wings who can defend is always going to be one of the highest boxes that you can check. Almost every NBA team can use more of those guys. So I think Jordan Miller is certainly going to find himself in an advantageous position to play himself into a role as a younger player in this league. It's just going to be about... Does he have much control over deciding where that is? Or does somebody value what he brings to the table enough to try to jump the line and grab him in that middle to late part of the second round?
1: All right, so we'll see how that goes. I just, I don't know, Just that personal affinity for him. I just think he'd be a great fit in their program. All right, Adam, we really appreciate it from Boxing One. Check him out on Game Theory as well with Sam Bassini. Hopefully, uh, well, I don't know. We never know if the Heat are going to have a pick in a given year, but (laughs) we'll talk to you uh, next year as well. Thanks again for joining us.
2: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
3: Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor
0: on the Fire Regional Sports Network.
3: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat.